comes. Preach the word, Brother Winkler. Oh, come on, let's lift our hands. Let's ask God to move in this place tonight. The Holy Ghost is already here. God's presence is already in this place. God, we worship you tonight. God, we give you glory and honor and praise. God, have your way. Let your perfect will be done in this service. God, we want your will. God, move in this house. Move in this place. Oh, are you thankful to be in God's house? There's, there is no other place I'd rather be than in the presence of God. There's many places I could be, but tonight I choose to be in his house. I give honor to pastor and bishop. I wish they were here tonight. I miss them. I'm thankful our pastor and our bishop can be used to bless other churches all around the United States. And what a blessed church we are for our pastor and our bishop. God, we love him dearly. We miss him. Praying for a safe trip back home. And I give, I give honor to the ministry. I love and appreciate each of you. It's awesome because we encourage each other to be better and to draw closer to God. And that's what the ministry is for. And I'm thankful. And I'm thankful for the church. I love each and every one of you very much. I'll apologize in advance. And Sister Savannah, I'm going to steal this because it tickled my funny bone. But my voice was going out uh, last service, and I was laughing. She says, what, did you have a rubber ducky in your pocket? I said, well, that's what it sounded like. So tonight I apologize in advance with my voice. You can chuckle because uh, it's always fun to laugh with somebody than not just at them. In Jesus' name. And also, the way technology works sometimes, you can spend a lot of time in prep. You can spend a lot of time on technology getting ready for service, and then technology can fail you. And uh, this week I had my iPad crash and every ounce of my notes went down the trash. But God helped me and I feel like God has, there's a burden for this service tonight. God has placed a deep burden on my heart and I'm praying that God will help me to deliver that burden to the church. Pray that God will use me in Jesus' name. We could turn to our Bibles to Matthew chapter 14 and verse number 22. Are you going to help me preach tonight? Everybody say amen if you're going to help me tonight. I don't want to do this on my own. Matthew chapter 14, verse 22. and says, And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before, him under the, or, or go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. In context to this verse here, Jesus had just finished uh, the miracle of the five loaves and two fish. And after that, he sent the multitudes away. And when he sent them away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with the waves, for the wind was contrary, or in the opposite direction of the way you were headed. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them, walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. It is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me to come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore 
didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. And they that were in the ship came and worshiped him, saying, Of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And for a few moments tonight, I want to be conscientious of time. I know it's a Tuesday night, but I want to preach this simple thought. Step out. Step out. If we could lay our Bibles down and lift our hands towards heaven and ask God to move into this place. God, we worship you tonight. God, we need you in this place. God, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to receive your word. God, I pray that we would leave here changed. I don't want to walk out these doors the same way that I came. God, I want to leave here changed. I want to leave here a different person. Because, God, your mercy is here. Your grace is here. And your grace is sufficient for me. God, we worship you tonight. We thank you, Lord. Have your perfect and mighty way. You may be seated. I found a few quotes online that were... That stuck out to me, and the one I think that we always, that most of us should know, is the journey of a thousand miles begins with one step. Sounds cliche, but to hike up a mountain, that always begins with the first step. It's kind of a, a no-brainer. Martin Luther King says, you don't have to see the whole staircase, just take the first step. You know, the quote said, small steps in the right direction can turn out to be the biggest step of your life. Life is a series of baby steps yet baby steps still move you forward. I have two little boys, and it has been fun watching the development process from infant to Cashin is four and a half, almost five. And they say the most formidable years of a child's life is from zero to five years old. And in those steps are many milestones that are a blast to watch. And one that was probably my favorite to witness was both Cash and Cal learning how to walk. The joy that you see in their eyes, the, the first step, the wobble, they're biffing it, they're falling on the rear. But when they make that first step and then they realize, I can take another, then I can take another. They go from crawling to running and turning the parents' hair gray. But the assignment that you see in their eyes is a blast. And in the journey of life, not just from zero to five, but the journey of life is full of many memories, many decisions that we must make on a daily basis. Life contains many ups, and life contains many downs. Sometimes there's memories that are good, and sometimes they are bad, and it's unfortunate that life just has bad memories. Some of them are self-inflicted. Some of them are not. But the, through the course of life, life can bring disappointments and regret. Regret, defined in the dictionary, is to be sorry about, to feel contrite about, to feel apologetic, to feel remorse, to be remorseful about, to rue, to be regretful, to have a conscience about, to blame oneself for, to feel sad, to disappoint, or, or to be disappointed over, and to repent of or to feel repentant about. And regret is a, a remorse that is a negative emotion as it leads to one to think continuously about his past action or to behave and cause more shame, guilt, anger, and disappointment. And repentance, on the flip side, is a positive emotion as it makes one learn about his mistakes as he vows to, re to not repeat it in the future. Repentance is turning away, doing a 180 from whatever you were doing that God is displeased of and turning around. I would say there would probably be no show of hands if someone in this place did not have at least one regret that they carried. Some of us have multiple. Some of us have maybe a few regrets. But every one of us carry some sort of regret, whether that's by mistakes, 
past sins, hurts, failures, whatever it is, trials and tribulations that come our way, it just happens. Regrets can cause shame of things that were said and done, and they build walls, and they can cause calluses. Regret can cause fear, which is a byproduct of regret. There's fear of stepping into a new job role. How many of you have recently taken a new job role, and your first day on the job is like, oh, Lord, what did I just agree to? There's fear of starting a relationship, asking that boyfriend or girlfriend out, the butterflies that happen in your stomach, like, oh, no, what am I doing? There goes my pocketbook. No, but sometimes buying a new house, buying your first house can be very, very fearful that you just don't know if this is the right decision. For those that are newly married, starting a family, that can be very fearful because you don't know what you're signing yourself up for. Launching into ministry, fear can set in. Stepping out in faith for a healing or a miracle. There's fear of the unknown. Fear can, uh, the regret can be, bring a fear of failure. Fear of rejection. Fear of not being able to escape your current circumstances. Fear of not being able to escape uh, everything that you're going through. Regrets in your past. They can create insecurities, anxiety, depression, bitterness. And unfortunately, regret is a weapon of suppression, of defeat, of bondage, and holding someone back from their fullest potential in God. Regret can keep us in a constant state of stagnation where we feel like God I'm not good enough to be that person. I'm not good enough to do this for work for you. Regret can cause you to stay in a state where you do not grow because you're so focused on the past sins and the regrets of everything that you've gone through. Regret can be poison. And watching children grow and learn, sometimes they can be so close to the ground when climbing down from something that they don't even realize that they're a half inch to an inch away from the ground, and fear can set in because they think the ground is so far away. I watched my son at uh, one of the jump places. He was climbing on the playground, and I hear the scream. I'm like, oh, Jesus, my son just fell off this playground and broke his arm, and I'm looking for him everywhere. I'm running around. I go to the playground, and my son is holding on to the edge of whatever he was climbing on. He's screaming to the top of his lungs. And he was literally about an inch away from stepping down, and he could not get past the mental block of just drop. You're right there, right close to the ground. And I begin to think that sometimes in our life, we can be so close to our victory. We could be one inch away from getting the victory for something that we're going through. And yet we hold on with fear, saying, God, I can't drop. God, I cannot let go. And we begin to let fear set in, and we don't reach what God has for us. And we sit there and fail and hold on to whatever, whatever it is that we think is going to keep us and hold us. And in life, sometimes we can't even see the miracle that is standing right in front of us. And I want to turn this around. In the Bible are many stories of success, of wins, of things that are mighty that we can talk about and preach about. But I want to flip the script a little bit. I want to flip the script. And say, what if this person in the Bible didn't do or didn't step out? And Peter, or for Peter in Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 through 20, it says, And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon Peter and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And he said unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And then straightway they left their nets and followed him. Just think of what Peter 
has gone through, the miracles that Peter has witnessed. He was there when Jesus was doing miracles, casting out demons, when he was healing the sick, raising the dead. Peter was a part of that. But what if Peter had not stepped out when Jesus said, follow me? What if the disciples, when Jesus was walking by, never stepped out? How much different would the Bible be today? Or who else would have been part of those 12 disciples? What about the woman with the issue of blood in Matthew chapter 9, verse 20? She had an issue of blood for over 12 years. And one day she decided, I am going to step out and touch the master. What if that day was the only day that she had to touch the master and she said, you know what, I'm going to stick to what I'm going through right now, my current circumstances. I may not realize that the healing is going to be walking past my door today. What if I just stood there and had a pity party? What would have been different in her life if she would have never stepped out? Queen Esther, when Haman had hated the Jews, he wanted to kill every single Jew in the kingdom. Esther was a Jew, but the king did not know that. So what if Esther hadn't gone against protocol to enter into the king's gates without request? In those days, if you entered into the king's palace without request, you were to be killed. What if Esther had not risked her life that day to save the Jews and to see her family saved if it wasn't for Haman's actions? What if David had not fought off the bear, the lion? What if David had not worked up the courage to fight Goliath? What if he hadn't been king? How much different would the Bible have looked in First and Second Samuel and the Kings? What if David hadn't been in? Or what if he had been in battle the day that he committed adultery and committed murder? Our choices matter. Our decisions and everything that we do on a daily basis matter. What if the three Hebrew men had not bowed down or had bowed down to those false gods? What if Daniel had stopped praying in fear for his life? What if Job had just cursed God based on his wife's recommendations? What if Jacob hadn't wrestled the angel the night until he got his blessing? And what if Ananias and Sapphira, when they told a lie about the money that they had made off of the possessions they sold, what if they had not lied that day, would they still be alive? And Judas, Judas regretted the decision that he made. In Matthew 27, it says, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders and the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound, bound him, they led him away and delivered him unto Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw that he had condemned, repented of himself and brought again 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned. And then that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is this to us? See thou to that. He cast down the, the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hung himself. That point of Judas's life, he realized the regret and the decision that he made. Even though a lot of this had to happen, Jesus had set an order from the time that he came to the time he ascended back up into heaven. But the regret that Judas had for what he had done had caused him to hang himself because he could not live with the regret of the decision that he made. Every choice we have have consequences. We have the choice to step out in faith. We have a choice to make the right decision in everything that we do. We have the choice to obey our pastor. We have a choice to obey the word of God. It's up to us to regret or to not regret. It is our choice to repent or to regret. And like Peter, we have the option to step out in the boat. 
We have the option to say, God, I'm willing to take that step. God, I don't know where my miracle's going to come. That storm right there is so scary. I don't even know how to step out. But what you don't realize is God can allow you to walk across your storm. He will carry you through it. He may not be in a boat, but God is saying, what you think is impossible, I can do the impossible. We may not know how to walk on water, but God can make all things possible. It takes faith to step out. And I want to go through a few verses in Hebrews chapter 11. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were yet not made of things which do appear. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 7 says, for we walk by faith and not by sight. James 2 verse 17 says, even though, or even so faith, if it hath works, is not, or is, hath not works, is dead, being alone. Yea, a man may say, thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me by faith without thy works, and I will show thee thy faith by my works. For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead. It takes action. It takes us stepping out every single day and said, God, I'm willing to take a risk for whatever you have. For the will that you have for my life, I'm willing to step out and take that chance. Because I don't want to sit back and allow myself to not operate in a world of, of, of not operating in faith. I don't want to operate based on my own personal decisions. But God, I want to step out in faith and see what you can do in my life. And continue with Hebrews chapter 11, start with verse 4, and I'm going to skip through some of these verses. But this stuck out to me so powerfully. We hear about the heroes of faith in Hebrews. But starting with verse number 4, it says, By faith Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and by it he being dead yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death, and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translations, he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. By faith Noah, being warned of God of things not seen, yet moved with fear, prepared an ark to save to the saving of his house. By faith Abraham, when he was called to go into a place, which he should after receive for an inheritance, obeyed and went out, not knowing whether he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise, in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, with heirs of him of the same promise. For he looked for a city which hath no foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Through faith also Sarah received her strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, that when he had received the promises offered up by only his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God would, was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also received him in a figure. By faith Moses, when he was born, was hid three months of his parents, because he saw he was a proper child, and they were not afraid of the king's commandments. By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the sons of Pharaoh's daughters, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. By faith he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, and he seen him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest that he destroy the firstborn that touched him. Are you seeing a theme in these scriptures? It takes faith. 
It takes faith. By faith they passed through the Red Sea as dry land, which the Egyptians sang to were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho fell down, and they were compassed about seven days. By faith harlot, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not when she had received the spies with peace. Rahab be, went on to be part of the lineage of Jesus because she had faith. And Paul speaking says, And what shall I more say? For the first time would fail me to tell of Gideon, of Barak, and of Samson, and of Jephthah, and of David, and Samuel, and of the prophets, who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of the lion, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, waxed vigilant or violent in fight, turned to the flight of the armies of the aliens. Women received dead. They're dead raised to life again, and the others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had a trial of cruel mockings and scornings, yea, moreover the bonds and the imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain in the sword, they were wandered about in the sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented. Of whom the world was not worthy, they wandered in deserts and mountains in dens and caves of the earth. All these things have obtained a good report through faith. Received not the promise. God, having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. The theme in all these scriptures and all the miracles that happen, all the things that happen in these individuals' lives, all happen because of faith. God's not interested in you wondering if it's possible. God is interested if you're willing to step out in faith and begin to trust him. None of the names that were mentioned in these scriptures said that they hoped, they'd wished. Maybe it could happen, maybe when it was the right time. No, these scriptures commanded, says, by faith. And musicians, if you could come. I want to wrap up with this. Sometimes we can let what-ifs hold us back from what God has for our lives. What-ifs can haunt us. What if I had stepped out? What if I had made that change? What if I had repented? What if I had gotten rid of that thing that was holding me back from the potential that God had for my life? I don't want to step out and do anything in my life, in my ministry, and anything that I do for my family, for my boys, I don't want to step out unless it's towards the one that's going to save me. I don't want to step out. I want to try to walk on water without focusing my eyes on Jesus. That's what got Peter, when he began to sink, when he started to walk on water, he got distracted by the waves and the wind, that yes, those are fearful. But God is saying, don't worry about that. Don't worry about what's going on in your life. Don't let the wind and the waves distract you from the promise that I have for you. Step out in faith. Your calling isn't measured by your own abilities or talents. It's based on our submission to God through trust and through faith. Peter had a choice to make that night. And it's funny, in the scripture it says that when they saw him, they cried out for fear because they said it's a spirit. But they didn't realize that was the Holy Ghost. That was Jesus walking across that water. Sometimes we can be so scared of what's going to happen, but yet we forget to look at the one that's walking to us 
is the Holy Ghost. It is God that can help us through any situation that we're going through. No matter how difficult, no matter how hard, God can help us through anything that we're going through. Peter would go on to be an integral part of the New Testament and to Pentecost and the day of Pentecost. Peter denied knowing Jesus. Yes, Jesus still loved him. If you've denied God or if you have walked away tonight, God still loves you. There's an unconditional love that only God can give and that only God can bring. Peter preached about the Holy Ghost in Acts chapter 2. Peter saw healings. He saw miracles. Yet through many failures, many mistakes, even denying who Jesus was three times, God still gave him the keys to the kingdom. How special is that, that no matter how many mistakes that you make, no matter what choices you have made, whether good or bad, God still loves you and can use you. You've got to get out of the mindset that I'm going to live my life with regret because I don't amount to anything. I don't amount to anything. My wife, my life is invaluable. My life is worthless. Don't let the things of this world distract you. When the storm comes, allow God to let you walk on top of that storm. And if we could all stand. Tonight's altar call is a personal one. I want everyone to think about regrets that you have right now that you're holding on to. What are some decisions that you've made in your life that are keeping you back? What are things keeping you back from stepping out in ministry? What are some things that are holding you back from your calling? Keeping you back from talking with pastors saying, I feel something. I feel a greater calling for my life. I feel a greater purpose, God. I want to be used by you and your kingdom. I want to teach Bible studies, but I don't know how. I don't feel worthy to be able to talk to somebody about you because I'm so afraid of the regrets of everything that I hold on to. How can my past mistakes be forgiven? And how can I get away from that to say, God, if you can use anything, Lord, use me. What you've got to do in this place tonight is say, God, I throw away every single regret. I throw away every ounce of stagnation and things that I've held on to that have suppressed my potential. Young person, you are not defined by your mistakes. Young people, you are not defined by your sins. If you've repented of your sins, God has taken a clean slate and says, I remember nothing. God's blood can be applied to any one of our lives. We just have to realize, God, I want to step out of regret and I want to repent of my sins tonight. God, I want to step out into what you have. Instead, tonight, come to these altars and say, God, I'll do it. God, I'll agree. I'll change. God, I'll repent and turn away from what has me bound. I will not live like that any longer. God, I'll submit to you. It takes faith and trust in God. God is interested in what you want to do. But ultimately, I want to be interested in what his will is. I want to teach more Bible studies. I want to pray more. I want to fast more. I want to reach souls. I want to be a part of the kingdom. I want to join that ministry that I've hesitated stepping into. I want to just step out of something that's going to hold me back. My career, my goals, my friends.
finances. God, I'm willing to take that step tonight. To thee, oh Lord. Oh, come on. If you can God doesn't want to see another day go by because we may not have another day. We are not promised tomorrow. I want to step out upon the storm. I want to step out upon the waves of life. Upon what we may think is fearful. God, I'm wanting to step out and walk towards the Master. live in a realm of what if. Don't live in a realm of what if I had done this before it's too late. What if, what if, what if I had stepped out and scheduled that Bible study? What if I had stepped out and started praying more? What if I had stepped out and got rid of a career that is keeping me back from the things of God? We've got to sacrifice and live with faith. To step into a realm of God, I'm willing. I'll go. I'll be a willing vessel. Oh, come on, let's pray tonight. Let's ask God to help us to get outside of ourselves and to see what He can do to work the miraculous in our lives. Oh, I want to be a willing vessel. Robin would come and she would admit to some things that she struggled with. 
And there were struggles of past drug abuse, of abuse in her life. And I remember to watch as Robin began to sell out to God and commit herself. And I could see an uptick in everything that she was doing. And then things in the home started getting crazy. And she began to fall back under what used to have her bounds. And for a while, you'd see her, she would come, and then she would disappear for several weeks. And then she would come again, and she was just here. She was just existing. She lost a ton of weight. She would show up to events talking out of her head. And it's unfortunate to know that Robin has since passed away. She had every opportunity to give her life to God and to sell out and to give the things that she was addicted to every single day. And what hurts me tonight is I ran into Robin a week before she passed away. I've since learned the date from Brother Chris that I actually heard that she had passed away at a bus stop not too far from the church here. And I remember standing in Walmart talking to Robin for about 45 minutes, began talking and witnessing to her saying, Robin, you've got to step out of the life that you're living. And part of my regret tonight in the birth of this message is God, did I do enough to reach for Robin? Did I do enough? Did I call enough? Did I pray enough for her? Did I fast enough? Did I get on my face enough at night and say, God, ultimately she's got to make that step. And God, if you can use anything, use me. But God, did you use, did I use that purpose enough? And so tonight, if I could just say this, don't live in a realm of regret. Say, what if, what if I had tried? What if I had called? No, pick up that phone tomorrow and call that saint, that soul you're working with. Call that lost loved one, that backslider, and say, I'm not gonna let them go without a fight. Brother Wesley Jackson just preached at peak, having to bury his brother due to drug addiction. What if? That could be us. We are not exempt. But God, help me to be in the right place at the right time whenever you need me. So at the end of this altar call tonight, for the next few moments, say, God, if you can use anything, use me. But God, I'm willing to step out. I'm willing to take that risk. I'm willing to take that shut door in the face. That hung up phone call. I'm willing to take that stand because I don't want to see another Robin I don't want to see another family make it to the gates of hell without me pulling with every ounce that's within me. God, I want to see souls saved. I want to be a willing